Closers are back for yet one more week of entertainment for you. Me and Woo! the Savage One. Ooh, yeah! Dig it! Yeah, not so savage on this end. I got my tea. Hey, you sound a little rough there, buddy. Just well rested. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not rough at all actually just nice and mellow just woke up from a post-sex nap did you well trying to talk the little woman into eating pizza off my dick i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, the logistics uh, i don't know I, <laughs> it was it was an interesting conversation that I twisted around that way. Put it that way. <laughs> I've heard of peanut butter and this and that, whipped cream, but uh, pizza, that's a new one, buddy. Hey, whatever rocks your world, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's it, man. I had an interesting week. <laughs> Yeah, you you told me a bit about it uh, before we started shooting, so uh, I guess you may as well jump right into that one, eh? Yeah, well, uh, as as some people uh, who've listened or watched our podcasts previously are aware of, uh, I live in uh, what you would call uh, the ghetto of my community, and uh, give you an idea, there was a time a year ago where coming coming home from work and uh, I had the had the wouldn't call it a pleasure I, I had the the unique uh, uh, I don't even experience. know experience yeah I found found uh, someone because I, I live on the corner right across from the park and so I was getting dropped off and uh, yeah this fella I guess he decided he'd had enough and he uh, hung himself in the in, a, in one of the trees in the park and yours truly had the misfortune uh, uh, my co-worker dropping me off there and we're like yeah what what's that because it was around halloween too so you know just after halloween so we thought oh someone's a little late to the party yeah and, and we thought it was like a decoration a dummy or something and yeah went went for a closer look and no yeah it was someone hung himself and, you know, that's just one of the As I many... recall, by his underwear or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Took his, <laughs> took his gitch off and strung himself up in his own gitch. Like, what a way to go. Uh, but, yeah, so this part Imagine having was... to suffer through that smell the last few minutes of your life as you're gasping for air. Uh, what's, what's, what smell would be worse, eh? Him rotting or the smell of his gitch, you know, depending on... Well, because he, he didn't look like he bathed any anytime soon in the past, uh, but anyway, on that morbid note, yeah. So uh, anyway, the park that I live near, well renowned for uh, drug taking and drug dealing and people gathering, casual drinking, casual drinking, uh, people tweaking in the grass. It's really a shithole. Uh, Not uh, twerking, folks. Tweaking. Tweaking, yes. Meth heads. Yeah, and speaking of tweaking, thank you. Uh, get me back on the rails here. Get me back on track. So this week, uh, 
get home from work and I'm trying to, you know, trying to settle in, work the night shift. I was going to try and settle in, sleep, sleep in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. And then there's three yahoos over at the park, uh, two females and a dude. I'm guessing he had the drugs and they supplied the, the pussies. So they were, uh, yeah, they were doing meth or something uh, really good over there because they were all doing the <laughs> doing the flailing and the tweaking yeah. and you know just acting like fucking like they didn't know what planet they were on. I don't understand That's, why anybody would want to do a drug that makes them do shit like that. I don't get it. Oh, it's just you know like like the heroin thing you could almost understand because like heroin and you see them like they're they're always like passed out and freaking they always look so relaxed yeah. and you know why would i want to take something that's going to make me act all yeah it's weird but anyway so i was irritated having worked the night shift and coming home and i, and I want to go to sleep and i look across the street and there there's these three meth heads or whatever they are uh tweaking so i called the uh, called our local uh, constabulary our local police force asked for someone to take care of that and uh you know and people wonder why there's so many communities talking about defunding the police <laughs> you know like at this point it would it would almost almost be better uh, in our community to get rid of our local city police and just contract out to uh, the provincial police or something. But, yeah. Well, the, the city is already talking about uh, pouring money into mental health instead of the police. Yeah, like taking uh, whatever whatever uh, funds were going to be al uh, allocated to the police for different uh projects and this yeah. that and the other well, they were going to actually the the police are actually in favor of it too because the way the city is talking about it is not really depriving the police of anything but rather shifting the focus onto mental health because that's where the focus needs to be for things like that anyway yeah and it, would, so for... and it would take that mental health load off the police yeah so by allocating the funds you know it's it those funds are still going to be used, but they'll be used for social services and stuff. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it'd be better to have like mental health practitioners or, uh, you know, what, you know, the, what's that local, uh, the SOS, uh, yeah. Service van or whatever that goes around, uh, helping people in crisis. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then yeah, that's why the police are in favor of it because that would be better for them. Take that load off of them and give the funding to somebody that can actually deal with the problem better. Yeah, because sometimes uh, with these these junkies, they see the cops showing up, and uh, if anything, it might escalate situations. Yeah. Whereas if it was social workers coming, they know they're not going to be arrested, and maybe they just need someone to talk to or yep. someone to offer them a place to go to clean up or what have you. So. But uh, my patience uh, wasn't uh, in the mood for being so charitable. I just wanted the low lifes out of the <laughs> out of the vicinity of my area. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I called uh, called nine one one, and the operators like wanting my life story. Like this is the thing that irritates 
irritates me too when you when you call nine one one for any kind of assistance. It's like okay, I get you want some sort of basic lay of the land, but I had already told the dummy, got three tweakers in the park. You know, here's the, you know this is this is the park. You know, they're located right here. Two females and a male. Yeah, it's it's seven in the morning, and she's wanting like clothing descriptions and this and that and age and height. And I'm like, I'm like, it's seven in the morning, broad daylight. The park is across the street from a bloody courthouse. <laughs> They're the only ones in the fucking park, let alone the only ones in the park tweaking. How how difficult is this going to be? You can't get someone there in a couple of minutes. Yeah, that early in the morning. They're all coming on shift, right? So I was I was irritated. I said, look, I just told you what's going on. Send someone over there. You know, and then they want your name and do you want the officers to come talk? Why do yeah. I want the officers to come talk to me? I want to go to bed, okay? Like fucking <laughs> deal with the situation. So in all this hullabaloo, the tweakers were really acting up and then I was I gotten off the phone with the nine one one and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, five minutes, ten minutes. I'm like, fuck this. I goes outside. I bark across the street at them, like, (laughs) 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 so needless to say, even in their, uh, yeah, that one took you, eh? (laughs) but even in even in that moment being messed up on whatever drugs they're on. They're, they had that lucid moment of clarity being <laughs> screamed, being screamed at by this crazy big bald guy who's saying... A little bit of self-preservation here. instinct kicking in there. Get out of here, I'll kill you. And so they take off and I figure, well, I'll do the police a solid and tell them not to waste their time. So I call back and say, no, you can cancel that call. Uh, you know, they're gone. Oh, I thought you said they were tweaking out. Well, they were, but, you know, I went over and yelled at them and told them to get the fuck out of the park because I waited 10 minutes and still no car. <laughs> and I want to go to bed, like I said. Eh? And then then the, she was wanting more information. I said, well, you know, they were walking in the general direction of the Tim Hortons in my neighborhood. I'm sure your your officers are familiar with Tim Hortons. <laughs> When they go there for their morning donut there, they'll, they'll find them in the parking lot tweaking. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> this, and this, you know, this is the thing. Like You see it all the time with all these incidents. You notice most of the time these incidents, like that, that guy in Atlanta that got shot, you see what happens. You know, these fucking wimpy, useless, dummy cops and they try and get into a physical altercation that they're incapable of dealing with. You know, three, four of them getting ragdolled by one guy. Yeah. And then because they're so useless, they've got no choice, but then they pull out their gun out of self-preservation and they shoot the fucker. Yeah. Or they, you know, or you get that dummy in Minneapolis there, freaking, you guys in handcuffs face down on the ground. You know, if he was worried about Buddy squirming, worst case, he could have sat on his arse or something. But no, he puts his knee on the back of the guy's neck. Yeah. You know? And this is this is what we're getting at. Like, 
these cops are spending more time doing paperwork and less time doing any fucking practical training and you know you don't hear about any of these cops going to the gym or taking fucking uh, self-defense or shooting or whatever it's always like it they try and schedule it once or twice a year or some yeah. ridiculous you know like no it should be part they should be rotating these guys around like okay you guys are on the job you guys you guys got training we got to get you guys up yep. to snuff like you know, hand-to-hand situation, self-defense. And, and that's where the whole defunding of the police thing is being misunderstood because the the idea is not taking money away from the police and getting rid of the police. The idea is defunding all this extra stuff that the police are being expected to do that they shouldn't be doing and putting the funds into where it should be, like the de-escalation training, self-defense training, uh, even uh, shooting. You know, like the, these cops don't get much range time either. You know, all, all of those things is where police should be focusing their efforts and their funding, not on the mental health issues and, you know, spending hours a day on paperwork. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and for self-defense training, like, I know myself from the years of uh, security and bouncing work, you know, uh, I dabbled in a bunch of martial arts for self-preservation working in the bar. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, you know, I had to learn the hard way. Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be in security or bouncing, you don't want to take something like karate or boxing, like no. these striking arts, because you're going to, you're going to wind up getting charged with assault. You want to learn like fucking jujitsu or yeah, aikido or you know Combat some sort of keto. Yeah, grappling oriented judo yeah. where you learn how to foot sweep. Basically, and, you learn how to get them away from you and keep them away from you. Yeah, and then like a basic foot <coughs> sweep or two, you know, an arm arm lock or whatever, restraining yeah. hold. You know, you're, and, you're basically you're not learning how to beat the shit out of them. You're learning how to either keep them away from you or get them into a position where you can physically restrain them. Yeah, and then uh, you know one of one of the things that irritates the shit out of me, and uh, you know, and I'm sure I'll catch flack from the feminazis and the femoids over this. But You'll catch flack just for using those words. Yeah, <laughs> and all I got to say about that is, you know, fuck you, you know, so, you know, not you personally, but the, the femoids and the feminazis. Yeah, right back at you, pal. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, there's a reason, like, say what you will, okay, e- yeah, yeah, equal rights and and women are equal and blah, 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 but at the end of the day, we're all built for certain jobs, and there's always outliers and and ones that are unicorns or whatever, but at the end of the day, the law of percentages is what it is for a reason. And I'm sorry, ladies, but I don't, you know, if I'm in a burning building, I don't want some hundred and whatever pound woman trying to take me out of a burning building down a ladder <coughs> any more than I want, you know, if I'm if I'm a policeman, I don't want to be partnered up with a female cop who, when I'm in a in a struggle with someone, is going to be more of a detriment than a help yeah. to me. The videos are all over YouTube and what and, have and you. We're, and we're not saying that the women are necessarily going to be a detriment. You don't want one that is. 
That's, yeah, like I, it's it's like you know, it's kind of like comparing cars. It's not saying one model is a piece of shit and the other one is good, but you don't want to be racing that piece of shit if there is one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be driving a Pinto in a in a drag race. <laughs> yeah. like but just, if that Pinto suddenly had a four fifty four dropped into it, okay, now we're talking. And by the same token, if that female officer is well-trained and everything, you know, and has the physical strength, okay, no problem. But yeah, if she's, she's a puny weakling or if she's fat and can't do it, then, yeah, you don't want her. And th- and this and this is the other thing. Like, now you're seeing more and more of these police that, I don't know what it is, maybe they're having a hard time recruiting for police, but, you know, to me, you got to have some real, like, I want ex-military or ex-football player. Like, I want alpha fucking, you know, someone that can handle the job. I don't want someone who's only good at fucking paperwork. Actually, you know, I think the opposite. I would rather have somebody who doesn't know anything about the job and train them for it. Rather than somebody who thinks they know something about the job, because I think that's where a lot of the problem is these days, is these guys that have been security guards, bouncers, maybe even ex-military, and they come into the police force with a chip on their shoulder already, and they've got something to prove, and that's where a lot of the problem is, because they're too friggin' alpha. I, I I think it's... It, it's kind of like the same mentality that the city uses when they're hiring bus drivers. They don't like to hire ex-truckers because ex-truckers already think that they know what they're doing. They want to hire somebody that's never driven anything like that before and teach them how. And what I'm saying is, from what I'm seeing and observing out there, and you, and you see the videos online all the time of these physically ill-prepared Yeah, but you also see the videos online all the time of the veterans that come back, or maybe even not veterans, but whatever, somebody who's got some sort of chip on his shoulder and gets into the police force and winds up killing George Floyd. But that's how you weed those out through the interview process and personality tests. Oh, definitely, yeah, they don't do enough of that. See, my whole thing is... And, And that's another thing where the whole defunding situation comes in, is that they need to quit putting funding into, you know, those things like the mental health issues that police can't ever really be properly trained for and put it in to put some extra funding into the interview process and weeding out the undesirables. Yeah, I'd, with with all the with all the physical situations that can come up and crises that can come up in a situation, what I'm saying is I don't want some... I don't know why I got the cough. For some reason... Take up smoking. Yeah, that's got to be it, because, you know, drinking all this water and eating healthy, I may as well just fucking, you know, do do meth at the park, like these idiots that tried to get arrested. But no, like, get, get, you know, my my thing, uh, I'm seeing it more and more, these uh, soy boy beta males and these... Karens working in these positions, then they can't do the fucking job, but because they're book smart and can yeah. do the paperwork, <coughs> they're they're given the preferential, you know, they're the preferential hires 
but when the shit hits the fan, they're useless. Yeah. You know, you got these guys with fucking big beer guts or or these these dainty women that are gonna try and take down a, a perp who's like, you know, six foot whatever and no, no. You know, there there's a reason like and that's why I say like ex military, they're used used to that kind of environment of confrontation. Yeah and stress that's what i was getting at yeah the only problem with the ex-military that i that i'm trying to get across is that yeah they're used to it but what they're used to is escalation not de-escalation they're trained for going in and hunting the taliban and shit like that they're not trained for sitting back putting down their gun and talking you down you know But again, you know, then like, we get back to that interview process. So we weed those ones out because yeah. you don't want someone with PTSD from two tours in Afghanistan. You know, but you do want someone that's got got that. You need kind a much better interview process with a much better um, uh, mental health assessment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was that was my my fun, anyways, and. Uh, and you know, like I used to, I used to want to be a policeman when I was young. I there, I did apply to be a police officer years back. Uh, went through; they were going through a hiring, and unfortunately, there was such a large number of applicants. Like we got through the written part, no problem. So after the written test, I made it to the next round for uh, the physical. Did the physical. Then it came down to the interview, and there was only a handful of positions, and I just didn't make the cut. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe in the interview I came across like a like a psycho or something. Go figure, hey, eh? Savage Sterling. But uh, no, I just think that uh, you know it's all well and good to uh, allocate fun because like these police. Another reason why I want them to be better trained and be better. Uh, you know, more more physically able to perform the duties is because uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna take funds away. Like right now, the police are too militarized mm-hmm. as far as they've got tanks. They've got you know, you look at the equipment they've got now. You, you know, we got to get back to just having having a good, strong, independent beat cop yeah. who can who can handle himself save the taxpayers a lot of money but at the same time if you're bringing in the right people <coughs> you know you can you can uh, pull it off eh yep and that's another thing that we can kind of slide into here is uh our city council currently talk about a new police uh building they're saying they need a new building and our council is actually talking about considering building a new 50 million dollar building now, my first problem with that is we couldn't afford our former mayor's pet project of the sports arena for, what, $20 million or whatever it is, but we can afford to consider $50 million for a new police building? Uh, that, that's my first issue with it. But the second thing, too, is they don't actually need a new building from what I know of the existing building. What they need is they want an indoor range because they've lost their rifle range. The uh, <clears throat> the public one that, that we had is, I don't know if it's no longer operational or just not what they want or whatever. But they want an indoor range. So they figure they need a new building for that. 
And they also want to be able to do a lot of lab testing here rather than sending it out to Toronto all the time, which makes perfect sense. But to me, the logical solution to that would be for the lab, rather than giving them a new building, keep them in the existing building, but take one of the empty areas of Victoriaville Mall and turn it into a lab for them. You there's know, so much, there's so much so room there not being used. Turn it into a police annex, you know, and make that their lab. And then all they're doing is couriering things back and forth. Big deal, you know. A lot of it wouldn't even need to be couriered. A lot of it could be handled through email. <clears throat> well, and, and, for the, uh, and for the range, all they need to do for the range is what they should be doing is get together with other agencies that'll use it. So, you know, we got the police needing a range. Okay, well, where's the MNR doing their shooting training right now? Uh, how about the OPP? Where are they doing theirs? How about the local military? Where are they doing theirs? RCMP, etc. RCMP, yeah. Get all these agencies together and say, okay, you know what? None of us have a range. Why don't we all go in on one together? And then you're getting funding from like five or six separate agencies, and that's going to make it a lot easier because the government likes to to see that they you know the government doesn't care um how how do i put this now it's it's basically all coming out of the same pot anyway but the government would like it better if you know if each of those agencies has a 100 million dollar budget and one of them spends 50 million that's not great but if each of those agencies has a hundred million dollar budget and they each spend ten million, hey, awesome! And then they're each getting something out of it. That's the way I think that should be dealt with. Not a brand new fifty million dollar facility. And where are they going to find room within the city to build a fifty million dollar facility that has at least a hundred yard rifle range? Where are they going to find that? Yeah. You know, they're going to have to start looking towards the outskirts of the city. And then that's no good. You don't want your police station on the outskirts of your city. You want it more centrally located. Well, here's a thought. Uh, because in our community, uh, you know, uh, the budget This I, I seen on the local news, the city budget, they were talking about thanks to this COVID and all the, you know, the pandemic bullshit and the shutdowns that they figure that the city now is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $13 million uh, in debt on the, on the budget deficit, but they've got, they've got this contingency or, you know, like rainy day fund from a previous budget and they put away like (coughs) freaking nearly that amount. Yeah. And I'm seeing one of the local counselors on the news Saying, uh, oh no, we we should uh, you know cut services for you know the rinks, the swimming pools, the get rid of the golf courses, blah blah blah, and and keep that keep that money in that. Well, the whole idea of that money is to save it for a rainy day, and this is the rainy day is here. The rainy day is here. Let's balance the. You can balance the budget. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. We just imagine like they could. Sorry, folks, that, that one will cost you extra. You're going to have to donate extra money for that little bit of singing there. They could easily solve that. I can't believe, like, you know, they, they, they're willing to close uh, public uh, swimming pools and golf courses and, yep. and 
and and hockey they rinks. Sell the golf courses off. Yeah, and so we're going to continue to have have a deficit because the money the money you you get from doing all those cuts and selling off that it's it's not going to pay for the the deficit still. No. Plus plus now you're going to have to end up recreating those services at yeah. some point elsewhere because the people are going to be in an uproar. Yep. Uh, you know, just I don't know why why they're always uh, they're always wanting to have this uh, this nest egg put away for yeah, and I I know what it is. They want to have that nest egg put away for one of these brain dead projects of theirs. Yeah, you know, like or you somebody's said, golden parachute. Yeah, like oh yeah, let's build that new arena that we don't really need because yeah. we've already. We've already got a big, big arena, but it's old. Just needs a little TLC and little fix them up here and there. But no, let's let's spend uh, you know fifty, hundred million, whatever, building a new one when yeah. you know fraction of that, you know, and a couple of nice paint jobs and little little TLC on the old facility would do the trick. Well, that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with having separate facilities. You know, they want to bring everything all under one roof. They want to have a facility that can handle everything that the separate facilities are handling right now but why do we need a multiplex you know if we've already got an auditorium we've already got an outdoor venue for concerts we've already got an indoor venue for sporting events why do we need to bring it all together under one roof what's wrong with just keeping the separate ones we have you have the canadian lakehead exhibition grounds you know that property there. There's lots of room for for shit there. Yeah. Why Why do we need to? You know, like keeping I those I'm, things separate is actually better when you look at it from a maintenance standpoint. Anyway, like say for example, okay, you got uh, curling and hockey going on for a little while, but then you also need the facility to be available for uh, uh, school uh, soccer leagues for a week. So now you got to melt all that ice and and lay down astroturf, and then a week later you got to pick up the astroturf and put the ice down again, like the yeah. way it is right now. The ice can stay there all winter. Yeah, you know, hell, the ice can stay there year round. It's indoors. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, just... and I mean that's just one example of how switching things up would be a nightmare. <clears throat> you know, you you want to host a concert. But you've already got hockey games going on. Well, there goes your concert date. Yeah. Like, you know, where whereas right now with it being separate, okay, you you got hockey games going on. That's fine. The concert's going somewhere else, so it doesn't matter. And we got no shortage of outdoor spots for concerts. We got the yeah. marina, got the Lake uh, Canadian Lakehead Exhibition grounds. We got uh, there's fields galore all over this community. Uh. Yeah, it's just it's just mind-boggling. Like, so when I heard, you know, I've I've been so concerned that our city, with all the all the shit we've gone through, you know, Bombardier layoffs, yeah. mill mill layoffs and cutbacks, Bombardier back. shutdown. Yeah, Bombardier shutdown. Like this town's a blue-collar town, and most of our manufacturing and production is is in the <coughs> ship, and. Yet they've managed through whatever grifting they've done 
come budget time, they've got this surplus that they've stored away of millions of dollars. And now we get hit with the pandemic and the shutdowns. And this is the this is the budget period now to use the friggin' slush fund. Exactly. That's what and slush funds are for. So right there, as soon as I heard that these counselors are talking about just cutting services rather than use a slush fund, well, that rainy day is never going to come then if you're not going to use it for this. That's so right. It's, it, obviously, if this they got doesn't some... qualify as a rainy day, what does? Yeah. So it, that just shows me how corrupt these pieces of garbage are. And there's obviously some mega project that they've got going in the you know in backdoor meetings that they're scheming about. And uh, yeah, pisses me off. But on another topic, uh, oh, you're, yeah. want, you're wanting to change gears, are you? I just getting too fired up about yeah. it. Eh? Let's talk <laughs> about something real fucking silly. How about the the end of Aunt Jemima? Oh God, isn't that ridiculous? Bye bye. The worst part is, if you really look into it, she did it all herself. She wasn't, you know. Um, exploited by by white business people uh, as the narrative goes like she went to a county fair herself to exhibit her pancakes and they were a big hit and a company picked up on it i think it may may have been quaker at the time or maybe it was somebody else i don't know somebody picked up on it got her into advertising and everything that was her dream come true this wasn't exploitation that was her dream come true. And she was a black woman, and that's what she looked like. So it wasn't a stereotypical image either. Yeah, it'd be like, so what? We're gonna say we're gonna say now, like, remember that Wendy's commercial, Where's the Beef? You know, now we're gonna say, Oh, we're stereotyping, like that's demeaning to senior citizens, that old lady having her act all foolish like that and and saying, Where's the beef? or yeah. you know, everything's well, a no, that won't happen because she was white. Yeah, everything's offensive now. Everything's fucking a microaggression. It's like, well, give and, me a- and the thing is, the worst part is, everything is offensive to black people and other minorities, but mostly only according to white people. Yeah. It's the white people that are getting offended on the minority's behalf. And most of the minorities are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, yes. like... Aunt Jemima, Nancy Green, that was her dream. You know, she made her, if anything, she should be touted as an example of how anybody, even a black woman back in those days, could live the American dream. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it was. So, okay, they're going to rebrand that now. And then, uh, and then of course, and, and the whole, uh, the argument about how, uh, aunt and uncle were actually kind of derogatory terms because that was a way for white people to not address black people as sir and ma'am that's out the window because mrs butterworth's came around at the same time (laughs) you know if they could call one per one black woman mrs butterworth then obviously they weren't insulting nancy green by calling her aunt jemima this cancel culture just in the last week now eh? Miss, Mrs. Butterworth, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's Rice, mm-hmm. fucking, uh, oh, what was another good one that cracked me up? And, and Uncle Ben's Rice is also based on that same argument that uncle and aunt were 
ways of avoiding calling them sir and ma'am. Yeah, and, and then the tearing down of statues. Now, okay, it's one thing, uh, even though I still don't like it, the, you know, the Confederate statues, I, I get, okay, you know, it'd be like, uh, like having a, you know, a Hitler statue at a Jewish old folks home. So I understand, but <coughs> they're literally, literally tearing down like I'm, any, any, any statue of historical note, they're tearing down now. Yeah. Like Thomas Jefferson, there was a Thomas Jefferson statue torn down and he's one of the great, uh, you know, uh, patriot liberty minded freaking individuals yeah. of the, of history and uh, and the thing is, the statues that they some of the statues that they want to tear down, they want to tear them down for reasons that had nothing to do with why they were put up in the first place. Yeah. You know, like the Sir John A. Macdonald thing. Okay, Sir John A. Macdonald did a lot of great things for this country, but because he was also involved in the residential school program. In fact, I think he was the one that started it, and that's what the whole hullabaloo is over. They want to tear down his statues. Okay, but the statues weren't put up to, to say that this guy did a great job with the residential school system. <laughs> you know, the statue was put up to say this guy did a great job on certain other things. You know, yeah. like I, like you say, I can understand the whole thing with Confederate generals and stuff like that, but there's certain people that they want to tear down their statues for things that are completely unrelated to why the statues were put up in the first place. I'm sure if we wanted to, we could find something bad that Terry Fox did. And this, is how, this is how poorly educated these kids nowadays are. Like, there was a statue of Ulysses uh, Grant, and he was, a, he was a Union general, and they tore that down. He, yep. he, he, he fought for the North. Yep. And they, they tore his statue. He fought for the freedom of, and they tore that down. Like, it just, uh, like, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, to hear that in, uh, you know, like, a, it's somewhere in the States they'll tear down. Like, imagine if there was a statue of Martin Luther King. And yeah. they, they, you know, Which some dummy. Yeah. Or a Joe Frazier or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, there's a statue. Let's tear it down. You know, and it's like, there's no thought or all it is is just chaos and destruction yep and, you know every everything like tear down the rocky statue because it's a bad image it, it's a stereotype yeah. of italian boxers yeah yeah <laughs> yo adrian yo wally yo. Yo, yeah. wally i can't even do do uh, no. wally <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, man. Like I'm waiting for like, like I, I think the 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 scene that I always use that from is when uh Polly was bitching about them being in Russia and he was flipping out on the uh KGB agents and everything, just freaking out about how shitty the place was and Rocky just turns to him and was uh yo, Polly <laughs> <laughs> But the, you know, this, the, things things are getting goofy. Like I'm waiting now. Isn't it ironic that the name of this group Antifa, and they are the polar opposite of anti-fascist. Oh, because, exactly. They're like, they're pra they you know 
their ideals are anti-fascist, but their practices are absolutely fascist. You, you yep. tell me that it's not fascist to get out there in the middle of Portland directing traffic around your protest, forcing people to go a certain way. That, that's not fascist? Or coming at them with violence because they don't? That's not fascist? Yeah, and like... You're gonna like have, you're fighting gonna have like, fascism with fascism. You know, like cancel culture, censorship of free speech, uh, you know, assaulting people uh, just because their ideas and values might be different, that opinions might be different from your own. Uh, you know, there's this communism aspect too to this group that people should be completely uncomfortable with like mm -hmm. it's all well and good to say oh i'm against fascism i think everybody's against fascism if you're if you have half a brain cell yeah. but they're just lucky that portland isn't in a in a concealed carry state because a lot of them would have got shot for that yeah like <laughs> texas would have texas would have cured oh yeah yeah you wonder why you don't see antifa demonstrations in in houston or dallas you know well, it's coming. It's coming, <laughs> and it, and I can't wait for the the mass shootings that'll happen out of that deal. Let me tell yeah. you. And, and uh, as much as as much as I hate the radical left and their their lunatic ways and this crazy freaking agenda they've got going, how useless is fucking Orange Man Trump? Like all this shit's going on, and all he and cares he's about. In a bunker. He's hiding in a bunker, or he's he's looking for photo opportunities in front of a church holding yep. a Bible. You know, and and like, what are you doing? Like, these cities are on fire, and you're doing nothing. Yeah. Like, and and his whole excuse, oh, those are blue states, blue cities. You're the president. Yeah. Tell him, tell him to fucking do what they got to do to fucking keep things peaceful there, or else you're cutting all their funding. <laughs> and if that don't work. You fucking send the National Guard in to make sure the peace is kept. Well, there's but, probably a lot of states' rights issues that prevent him from doing that. See, that's the one of the big differences between the U.S. and Canada. In Canada, the Prime Minister can step out and say, okay, look, you have to do things this way, to a certain degree. We also have provincial rights as well. But in the U.S., it's way, way more so. They've got way more states' rights, and there's just so much that the federal government can't do without yeah, like declare, without declaring a national state of emergency and to, to declare a national state of emergency he's got to have pretty damn good reason and unfortunately even this pandemic doesn't count nor does antifa <laughs> you know, and then uh, i was doing a deep dive online and you look at that antifa flag and apparently in uh, in germany in the pre-World War Two uh, days, there was a, a Jewish communist group that uh, had a flag that literally the modern Antifa flag is a knockoff of this of the Germany's Communist Party flag. Yeah, and uh, so that 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 makes me kind of like, oh boy, here we go, because now you get into the get into the whole messy. You know, you don't dare say anything about the, a certain Middle Eastern state. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
but the, but there you go. Like you know, we got we got to worry about communist China. Got to worry about communist Russia. Yeah. You got to you got to worry about the a certain Middle Eastern state whose name <laughs> shall not be mentioned. And it's you know, not Kekistan. Yeah, it's not Kekistan. <laughs> like these fuckers, they can't leave well enough alone. And when you have a, a leader like in the states with Trump. All he cares about is what people say about him on Twitter yeah. or or what the news says about him. So all, he's spending all day fighting with people on Twitter or fighting with reporters yep. and nothing nothing's getting done. All these things he complains about and he's the one, he talks about removing the deep state, but he's the one that brought these swamp creatures into his administration. Yeah. You know, like, you look at how many people he has brought in and fired. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, and there's people that, you know, there's a lot of people online that uh, accuse his son-in-law, that Kushner, of uh, of being, you know, kind of like a backstabber and a thorn in his side. And he's given him a prominent role in his administration. Yeah. And, and apparently everything he tries to do, his son-in-law is in the background you know, fucking it up. Yep. You know, like they're, they're trying to throw a, a, a stick in the spokes and stop the momentum of whatever he's... It's like your own son-in-law is fucking... Yep. <laughs> oh, hey. I gotta show you something. Oh, what you got? Nice little segue from my rant. <laughs> I found him. Oh, there he is, the buddy Christ. <laughs> Yeah, he was up there when I was looking for him last week. I just couldn't find him. He was hiding. Okay, so. hold hold that thought. I'll be right back. <laughs> Ooh, who's your buddy? Uh, I think Satan is, is Lucifer is better than you. Well, I don't think. Oh, hey, Ster. <laughs> Hi. Hi, buddy. You're a false prophet. I'm the real <laughs> buddy Christ. Who are you, imposter? Yours is cleaner <laughs> than mine. I've had mine a lot longer, so it's a little more. I was going to say, looks like you've been wiping your ass with them. I knew you were an atheist, <laughs> I knew you were an atheist but my God. Yeah, a lot of that is dust because he's been sitting on a shelf for so long. I think I'll give him a cleaning before I put him back up there. (laughs) (laughs) And for those not in the know, that is, of course, the Buddy Christ from the movie uh, Dogma. Jay and Silent Bob. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the segue. I was was starting to get fired up again. I'm in one of those those moods, buddy. Like, I'm ready to (laughs) blow everything up, I tell you. Speaking of... Speaking of blowing up, here's a story that's blowing up. You know, you and I are podcast nerds, and we like uh, various uh, podcasts. Uh, uh, there's a comedian, Chris D'Elia. Yeah, I've friend, heard of him. Yeah, friend of uh, friend of Rogan's. Yeah, part of that Death Death Squad crew. Uh, he has his own podcast, very successful. His YouTube channel's got over, I think, easily over half a million subscribers. And he's done some TV spots and uh, 
you know, he's a, he's got a Netflix special. So he made the news in a way that a lot of celebrities wouldn't want to make the news. Uh, yeah, yeah, sex, sex scandal. So, uh, it was my understanding that he's that he was married with a kid, and some reporter from I think it was Barstool Sports or maybe it was Yahoo. Uh, some reporter uh, outed outed him as being uh, yeah. I, I guess uh, someone came forward with a bunch of text messages. He had been uh, sexting or texting with a bunch of underage girls. Ooh. And being a road comic, uh, there was uh, allegations that he was uh, utilizing his position as a road comic to, you know, he'd go into various towns and procure young girls, uh, you know, invite them to invite them to the club, invite them to his hotel. Ooh. And this girl, she's of age now. He, at the time, though, when she was uh, texting with him, he was 30 or 32, and she was like 16 or something. Ouch. And uh, and where she was, the, the age of consent was either 17 or 18. Well, I guess Joe will be distancing himself from this guy. <laughs> and he, his best friends are the guys from the fighter, <laughs> fighter and the Kid, yeah. Brian Callum and Brendan Schaub. He's been a guest many times on their show. They've performed at the comedy store in uh, in LA together. So uh, it's pretty it's pretty damning. At least it seemed so at first. Tons tons of these DMs were released, and this girl spun quite the quite the tale of how he would uh, you know flirt with her and invite her to his hotel and yada yada. And she said there's other girls that are going to come forward. And supposedly there are a bunch of girls coming forward saying, yeah, yeah, we, he texted us and he's a bit of a perv and a creep. But then uh, when you read the actual, so like already, as soon as the story broke, it was like, okay, we're taking your Netflix special down. Yeah. You know, your, your agency that reps you, they're talking about ditching you. You know, you're going to lose money. You're going to uh, what's going to happen with the YouTube channel and podcast. Well, lo and behold, uh, on Yahoo the other day, I'm reading. You wouldn't believe the backlash on this girl because you read the actual DMs and the text messages. And yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, he definitely likes the ladies and he definitely likes playing the field and he does like them young. But I I get the impression, and so did a lot of people that read these, that, you know, he likes them 18, 18 and above, 18 to 21, not 15, 16. And he and, didn't realize she was that young when he was talking to her. So, And she's bent out of shape because what happened, you read the te text, and he finally asks how old she is, and she says, and then he, it says right afterwards, oops, oh, you're too young for me, and that was it. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, and she... she well, maybe Joe was, won't be distancing himself. <laughs> so so the immediate backlash was, you know, let's cancel this guy and ruin his life. Yeah. And then, then you read the DMs and it's like, 
Yeah, he's flirting with a girl that he thinks is in the 18 to 21 range. And as soon as he realizes she's not, he cuts it off. Yeah, he's like, oops, sorry, I thought you were older. You're too young for me. Literally says that. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm after the story, you read the comments on Yahoo, and it was overwhelmingly like, you know, 75, 25, that everyone was pointing out, hey, he says right in the right in the DMs, Oops, you're 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 too young for for me. I didn't yeah. think you were that young. So sorry. So he put himself in an awkward situation because yeah. there is a large age gap. Uh, and if even if she had been eighteen, I mean thirty two and eighteen, but eighteen's the legal age of At consent. At least it's legal, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a sticky. But of course now I I believe his wife wife and him are splitsville. Not you know, and he had a young baby. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, regardless of age, he was still cheating and uh, trying to cheat. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's not not looking too good, regardless of, uh, and, and that's another thing we find out that uh, that a lot of these celebrities have to be careful now with what they do outside of work there because. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got you got a lot of opportunists out there. We find out too that this girl's an aspiring actress. Oh, so she was trying to hook up with him for other reasons. Yeah, and when he found out that she wasn't old enough and he scrammed, now she got jilted, and she, so she's like, "Whoa, well, I got these DMs. That'll be my ticket to fame. Yeah, and possibly money. Yeah, well, that's probably going to blow up in her face now." Yeah, it's it's a messy thing, but he's still going to take a lot of collateral damage, and oh, uh, he already has, you know. And he made his Netflix special being taken down, his agency dropping him. You know, he'll go looking if he's smart. He'll go looking for a new agent now. He won't stick with the one that was willing to drop him that fast. And then on uh, the fighter and the kid, uh, their most recent episode, uh, they finally took a moment in the show to talk about it. I think it was right at the end of the show, and they literally both got so choked up about it that they had to cut away at the end. Like Brendan Schaub was literally crying, hmm. kept kept saying over and over, "I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. I I don't know if any of this is true. I don't know what's you know this guy's been a friend of mine." You know, and then Brian Callen, he was more like, you know, regardless, you know, this guy has been my friend. So he says, I don't know what to think either, like I, whether it's true or whether it's not true. At the end of the day, this guy's been my friend. Yeah. I'm not gonna not gonna abandon him. But if it's true, it's fucked up. Yeah. So they, that was that was their attitude before the release of the DMs, and uh, and and like I said, it was it was a couple of minutes. They just took a brief, and they literally had to fade to black as uh, like Brendan had it, like his you know his hand over his eyes was was practically bawling as he, he hmm. just kept saying, I don't know, I don't know. And, uh, you know, and then Callan was basically saying, like, and Brian Callan just went through a, a, a divorce of his own there, and he's been known to play the field. Yeah. So he's he's no stranger to, uh, you know, to the womanizing ways. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, these Hollywood celebrities, like, I don't, it must be nice making the money they make and living the lifestyle they live. But by the same token, you gotta you gotta run a tight ship on your. Oh yeah, definitely. 
you know, on your private life, you know, non-disclosure agreements. You got to freaking, you got to have. And you don't want to let yourself get into anything stupid, regardless of non-disclosure agreements. You don't want to be involved in, uh, you know, underage sexting or uh, kitty porn or anything, you know, anything that could destroy your career, no matter how careful you think you are. You want to stay away from all of that shit. You should Even want just, to stay away from all of that shit, regardless of fame. But you yeah, know, but, especially if you're famous. You see it now with the, a lot of the rock stars getting outed for their sexual exploits on the road. But yet, we, we, you and I both know, for every uh, for every naughty thing that a rock star might have done with a groupie, how many of these groupies were more than willing participants? Oh, and definitely, op- yeah, and opportunists. And that's that other, you know, high-risk game that these guys play. You know, you bring in, bring in uh, the groupies uh, backstage or up to the hotel or whatever yeah. on, the, on the tour bus and having your fun. And then later it's buyer's remorse. You know, all of a sudden uh, the day after, the maybe the girl feels like she was used or feels guilty. Well, I've got to, you know, i got to gotta make this right somehow. Well, yeah. I can't... I, so let's uh, let's say that this happened, and yeah. or let's. So this this is part of my MGTOW philosophy too. Yeah. Is yeah, like it definitely know, uh, definitely slides right into that. It's like you know I, I keep telling people fellas out there like, you know guys you got to be careful because the deck is literally stacked against you. Like yeah. even these even these one night stands. You have a one night stand with a crazy broad. And the next day she regrets it, you know, rather than just deal with the fucking guilt sandwich, you know, rather than eat that guilt sandwich for, yeah. a, cho- for a choice you willingly made the night before. A lot of these crazy bitches are out there trying to fucking get their pound of flesh yeah. and they think they'll save face or gain some sort of, uh, you know, fame or whatever by or virtue signal by going after the guy. Oh, I was assaulted. I was, yep. Well, you were assaulted sucking that guy's cock? <laughs> yeah. Well, he took advantage of me. So, yeah. So, like, there's, there's, there's scumbags out there, and there's, uh, you know, there's pervs of all, all types. But uh, at the end of the day... At the end know, of the day, you can always turn to your buddy Christ. At the end of the day, turn to Jesus. Yeah. What would what would Jesus do? Damn, those robes are white. Holy shit! I need to clean this thing with a toothbrush. Yeah, I, unlike you, you lost. See, my <laughs> robes look like he's actually been walking in the desert for days on yeah. end. Yeah, look at this. Our pearl, pearl white there. Like look at that. Yeah. Like I say, I think you've been wiping your arse with that thing. Or, <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens from uh, being lazy and just letting him sit on a shelf for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking... Because uh, I'm not, too lazy to dust anything in this house, so it builds up. But a little bit of TLC with a toothbrush and some soap and water will take care of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this week's been so fucked up. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm really, really on edge over the stuff I'm seeing, like... Like uh, now, this cancel culture—they're going after. Uh, you, you, did you ever see the movie Guardians of the Galaxy? Of course. 
I've seen that act- it a few times. I've seen the second one, of course. Actor Chris Chris Pratt. Oh, what are they going after him for now? Well, here's the thing: like everyone's entitled to be, you know, to live live their life the way they want to live it, as long as it's not hurting nobody. And Chris Pratt well, turns out so you and I think. Yeah. So are in our libertarian ways. So Chris Pratt, he's somewhat of a conservative. Apparently, in recent years, he's gotten religious. Yeah. Now, now he's in hot water, and they want Hopefully to cancel. He doesn't go the same way as Kevin Sorbo, but yeah, not that radical. So far, but he's, he's okay. But he's got some uh, based—I guess you call it—based opinions about things, and uh, he got in hot water for trashing his fellow uh, fellow actors and showbiz uh, type for their phoniness and their virtue signaling over every little cause that comes down the pike. He, uh, he was quoted uh, in a, uh, recently as saying, the, I got to read this for you here. The voice of the average blue collar American is not represented in Hollywood. Hollywood is full of phonies and virtue signalers. Well, he's right. He's right. Yeah. And, like, and I mean, for me, who would ever think that the voice of the average blue-collar worker is represented in Hollywood? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so now he's another one that, uh, you know, they're talking about, oh, let's let's ruin his career. Let's get him uh, oh, fired from his agency. Yeah, just just more and more of this fucking shitstorm. You know, and then uh, I went on Twitter. So If James Woods can't get fired from his agency, I don't think Chris Pratt will. No. <laughs> but you see that they, James Woods is a much worse conservative than that. It's funny though how the radical left, they always have to have it's okay for them to have their role models and their uh, their people out there in the public eye, but someone who's let's just say he's either libertarian or conservative, yeah. you know, right right of center. Yeah. And he's a good guy, good actor. And because he has his views and they don't agree with the majority in Hollywood, oh, let's destroy this guy's life and career. Yeah, Yeah, it's okay to have anybody that's either center or anywhere from center all the way to extreme far left. They can have all the platform they want. But you tend you take one step right, and that's it. You're no good. You can't have a platform. You got to be deplatformed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Tell me, and, there's no media bias. Oh, and especially you look at Twitter. Like now on Twitter, I'm seeing some of the most ridiculous things up on Twitter. Any and then there's you hear about all these Twitter and, accounts. And sorry to interrupt, but just to clarify, when I say media, I don't just mean mainstream media. I mean all media. I mean social media. Everything. There's a massive left leftist bias there. Yeah, and, and you and I back in the day, we used to like we used to watch uh, years ago shows like the Young Turks and stuff because we thought that they were they were against you know like uh, that they that they were against. Well, all- years ago, the Young Turks were good though. You know, they were only a little left. They, they've they gone extreme far left in recent years. Yeah, because back in the day, they were all about get the corruption and money out of politics. Yeah. Get all these uh, interest groups and lobbyists out of there. And now they're part of the swamp, but they're part of the leftist swamp. Yep. You know, 
this fight, and then they're grifters. Like everything's a scam now with them. Like it just, mm-hmm. you know, you, you and I, we both unsubscribed ages ago, but uh, I just, I just can't, can't stand it anymore because everything. It got to the point where you knew when you'd watch Young Turks. All right, white man bad, yeah. cops or cops, orange man bad. Yeah, orange man bad, cops bad, white men bad, 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 bad. And, you know, okay, uh, anything to the left of Mao and Stalin, thumbs up. Yeah. And, you know, like, and then they, 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 they went on this Actually, whole... Actually, anything from Mao and Stalin and left. <laughs> yeah. So that was enough, enough for me on those guys. And then uh, it goes on Twitter... And, I actually uh, still uh, follow Ida Rolla on Twitter just to see what kind of crazy stuff he'll say, because he's one of those really far left ideologues, and it just—he always smacks me as too young to know anything yet, you know. So I find it hilarious sometimes some of the shit he says. But I stopped following Jenk. I stopped following Anna. Um, I never did follow Jesus and uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I think he's the producer now. The the black one with the long dreads. JR. JR, yeah, JR Jackson. I, I think I used to follow him. I, I don't think I do anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and you look at the, the guys that used to be a part of their network that are like, like uh, Dave Rubin, mm-hmm. you know, he, he jettisoned out of there just because he he took a libertarian approach to things. And now you look at how wildly he was just a flunky when he was with them. Yeah. And look at how he's exploded on his own with the Rubin report. Oh, yeah. You look at Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore was a stalwart on TYT. Yeah. And now, you know, and now you see him distancing himself. And Jake Jimmy would Dore. never have... Um ben shapiro on the show and and you know according to him his reason for never having shapiro on the show would be that you know they just are too wildly opposed in their ideals but the truth is he knows that shapiro debates him under the table every time you know but then you look at ruben and ruben's actually friends with him and has him on the show quite frequently yeah (laughs) you know well, and the great thing about the difference between TYT and the Rubin Report, you know, Dave Rubin, he'll have anyone from the left, the right, the center. He'll have guests from all various walks. Oh, yeah, and, because he knows how to uh, he knows how to remain civil with them and agree to disagree. Jenk can't agree to disagree. It's his way or the highway. Yeah. You know, like he has to blow up and, and, and yeah. freak out. And then you'll watch Ruben, and Ruben, uh, every episode, doesn't matter who the guest is, it's always a pleasant conversation. I've never yeah, seen it get... It's always get, civil. Yeah. And, no, matter, uh, no matter how much they disagree. And, I mean, you know, like, even with uh, Shapiro. Shapiro disagrees with homosexuality. And yet, he still calls Dave Rubin his friend and will go on his show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... That's what you call civil discourse. Jenk can't do that. As soon as you disagree with Jenk, he blows up because he just can't believe how stupid you've got to be to believe what you believe. Yeah, like Shapiro is a devout practicing Jew, and uh, 
and Reuben, you know, being a gay man, gay married man, and and libertarian, and like you say, they they get along just fine, and they they uh, you know they Jew realize that he's not just a practicing Jew; he's a practicing Orthodox Jew. He wears a yarmulke all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you got, uh, but you look at the TYT network; how it's just fallen apart, and. You know, Jimmy Dore now, disting, like he took control of his show and he has his own channel. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> kind still of, on their network, though, eh? Uh, I didn't see it listed because now, like, he owns the, he talked about how he owns the rights to his show. Oh, okay. he says He says he's still civil and friendly with Anna, talks to Jenk here and there, but he's on his own now. So oh, that's. Okay, good for him. So the Jimmy Dore, that's his thing. Eh? I haven't his. watched his show in a long time, so I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm not really a big fan. I, I like Jimmy, but I'm not a big fan of his sidekicks on his show. Yeah. So, so he, I kind of haven't watched it in quite a while. And he's and it's funny, ever since he started, he made a couple of appearances on Rogan. And after and they were good shows when he was on Rogan. And I think yeah. Rogan, Rogan red-pilled him a little bit about certain things. Yeah. And, and, See, and, I'll watch Jimmy if he's on anything else by himself. I, yeah. I liked him when he was on Jenks panels, you know, and I, I like him when he's on Rogan or if he's on the Rubin Report or anything like that, but I don't care much for Jimmy's sidekicks on his own show. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, yeah, I think Rogan kind of br- brought him back to the center because he was starting to go way to the left yeah. on IT. And Rogan kind of brought him back. So now you I see also on- don't like how even though he's distanced himself from him, himself from TYT, he's still a uh, uh, a Hillary fan. Yeah, that's a that's a mind boggler because like yeah. should be like it, it, you would think he would be more of a Bernie bro, but uh, say say la vie, but. Uh, well, I mean, I, I under, I kind of understand that he's still very anti-Trump, and therefore supporting Hillary is kind of his only choice. But I still don't like how he seems to be quite happy to support Hillary. <laughs> it's not, it's not just all. Oh, it's my only choice. I guess I'll back her. You know, it's more like, hey, she's good. I like her, and I, I can't really get on board with that. <laughs> I think when he went on Rogan, he was a Bernie bro like Jenk. But yeah. after after appearing a couple times on Rogan, I noticed even on his show now, you know, like he's shifted more towards being uh, being Tulsi Gabbard supporter, you know, and which being, is cool. Yeah, being more centrist. Yeah, and being, being I like more Tulsi. Of, so he he got back to being more of a live and let live classical liberal. And getting it, and it seems like all these people that got away from TYT, once they gave their heads a shake, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're veering too far off the course here. Let's uh, yeah. pull it back into the sanity." Even Kyle Kyle Kalinsky, he you know he was big on his own before he hooked up with the TYT network, but obviously by joining with them on their network, he gained that gave thousands. him a lot more exposure. Because he went from say a few hundred thousand to was he like seven hundred thousand or something yeah. like, but even him now like and same thing like good old Rogan he pulls the, he pulls the lefties back to the center yeah 
he had him on and uh, they had some good discussions and now you see Kalinsky kind of distancing himself from the the radical views of uh, see, Rogan is somebody that should have his own network yeah because he could get guys like Kalinsky and even David Pakman and guys like that he could get them on his network if he had one speaking of David Pakman he had David Pakman on what was it a week or so ago that was a not too bad an episode because I'm not a big David Pakman fan. But and that's actually funny because he and David Pakman disagree on a lot, and yet he's had him on like three times. He really yeah. likes talking to him. Yeah. They disagree on a lot, but he really likes talking to him. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of Rogan, you know. And, and same that? as you, I wasn't a huge Pakman fan either, but I like seeing him when he's on Rogan. Yeah. And uh, with that $100 million uh, Spotify deal, what? <laughs> You know, I'm sure young Jamie's going to get a nice, nice little bonus there. As well, I would purpose. hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. And then, uh, you know, once he moves to, like, uh, the talk is he's moving to Austin, Texas. Yeah. You know, Alex Jones country. So uh, watch watch the likes of Sam Tripoli, Eddie Bravo, uh, <laughs> you know, Burt Kreischer, uh, you know, from the Burt cast. Uh, yeah. Tom Segura, uh, Brian Callen, Brendan Schaub. See these characters. See, and guys like that would definitely join uh, Rogan's network if he had one. You know, Rogan would have all those guys under his network if he had one. On that Sam Sam Tripoli, like, I just love the tinfoil hat Oh, me too. Like... It, you, you do get lots of good information on conspiracies, but also, you know, it's a bit of a shit show at the same time, but in an entertaining way. And it, yeah, it's very entertaining. Whether you believe in what he's talking about or not, it's it's very entertaining. And, uh, you know, especially when he's got like Eddie Bravo on with them, then they really go down to yeah. Eddie well, Bravo. What I like is when he gets... Uh... When, when he gets paranormal experts on there and that, and they, they go talking about things like Bigfoot and Skinwalker Ranch and, you know, all of those places, because I don't know what I believe in any of that, but all of that shit fascinates the hell out of me. So I, I love it whenever uh, whenever Sam's got guys like that on. And I guess Tripoli learned the hard way a couple months back. He had some episodes taken down at his channel, got a strike at one point. So he learned the YouTube uh, fascism game and censorship. Yeah. So now, I, I believe his channel's completely demonetized at this point. Which or at least reminds me, anybody who's still watching at this point, we're probably going to be cutting her off kind of soon. Here, we're past the hour mark now, but not that that really matters to us. We'll go all night. But uh, <laughs> I just it just reminded me that uh, we have no views on our bit shoot videos, so we would really appreciate some people going over there if you like what you're watching on youtube go over to BitShoot and watch them you know maybe maybe watch a few minutes of it on youtube but don't really focus on youtube too much because hey let's face it youtube doesn't focus on us go over to BitShoot, give us some watches over there give us some views over there get our traffic numbers up that would be greatly appreciated yeah because i know we, we must be getting Link in the description I know we're we're probably getting shadow banned or something because I've I've told people to look us up on YouTube, and they have a hard time finding our channel. You know, typing in the exact 
You know, it's like they got to go down. Well, yeah, because the algorithm says you got to have like 50,000 channel views total before they even start featuring you now, never mind monetizing. So, again, that reinforces my point. Click on that link, go over to BitChute because BitChute doesn't do that. You know, if you're watching us on BitChute, we start getting views on BitChute, boom, we're on the front page. So that really helps if people go over to BitChute and watch us there. And what do we got? A few more weeks before we can unveil the D Live? I don't know. I can't really give an estimate on that. D Live's a weird one. Okay, so I, I'm not us- really all that. I don't know. I'm not really all that focused on D Live and Twitch because they don't keep your episodes anyway. They'll only keep us for a couple of months and then it's gone. So okay. I'm kind of not really. I I'm focusing more on YouTube and and mostly BitChute and trying to get us going on the audio as well. We've got uh, we've got some listens on uh, Apple Podcasts, but we've got nothing so far on um, on Spotify. Um, Spotify is a, is a bit of a weird one, too, because you kind of have to search our name to find it. But again, if you just type in Humble Hosers, you'll find it. And then iTunes? Yeah, Apple Podcasts, yeah, we're Apple on Podcasts. there. Same thing, humble hosers. We do have some listens over there, but uh, not very many. So, you know, if people are listening on, uh, or if you're watching this right now and, and thinking that you would like to listen to us in your car or, or whatever, you know, maybe you have more time when you're driving around or you're doing a driving job like I do, and you've got more time to listen to podcasts rather than watching them on video, just go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find us there. Yeah. Our last video, uh, I noticed, uh, without saying the number, we, we had uh, we had a reasonable amount of views, it seemed, compared to the previous one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the, the last five, actually, that we've put up have all been in around the same range. They've, they've been doing good, some a little better than others. But, like I say, nothing on BitChute, nothing on Spotify, so got to get people going over there and uh another thing i want to focus on too i got to look it up is uh getting some kind of merch going getting t-shirts hats mugs something like that because uh like i've said before i think people would be willing to buy a t-shirt as opposed to just donating 20 bucks imagine a t-shirt with my mug on it going yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have a picture of that, so uh, I'm not sure if we'll get that right away. But we do have a few logos that we can use on a T-shirt. So, Ooh, uh, I got a couple, couple. Well, I only got a couple things left. I got the the Shake Shack story I was going to talk to you about, and then get into the Would You Rather uh, questions. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you heard. Fired uh, up. Yeah, the, these New York uh, police department, uh, these New York cops, uh, supposedly, well, they assume they were poisoned at uh, after eating at Shake Shack. Oh, really? Yeah, in New York, and uh, and they think it has the, that the anti-police sentiment has something. To, mind you, they've done an invest. These three cops all got legit food poisoning. But they were—they've had a hard time determining what exactly caused the. You know, was it bad food or was there like actual 
Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> one person said their shake tasted like bleach. Hmm. You know? So, and, you know, and you're hearing all over the place about the police worried about going through these drive throughs Yeah. And, and, and well, in, pe- in, uh, in today's atmosphere right now, it, it's not a far-fetched idea that somebody would poison a cop's food. And, uh, and and getting getting back to my point too about these and that is definitely not a good thing to do, people. No, and just imagine too, like there's this one uh, this video that went. Uh, I seen it on Instagram and Twitter. This female police officer from another area, and she was on her phone. She's in line at a drive-through, and because it's taking an awfully long time, she's having a freak out thinking that they're fucking with her order and she's having a, like this this PTSD meltdown and it's like and as it turned out it wasn't the case but it's like that's how bad the fucking paranoia is now with yeah. these cops yeah like the, this whole anti-cop sentiment and I'm thinking to myself well I guess you're gonna have to start packing your own lunch or bringing yeah. your own bevies until this shit gets sorted out because uh, i don't know what to tell you that the world's it's turning into clown world out there and, yep. and you know oh personally you know. myself if i was a cop i'd be packing my own lunch simply for the financial expediency of it you know yeah. i mean you're going through drive throughs a that's generally not healthy food you know no. and, and b you order something and then all of a sudden you get a call and you can't eat it and you got to put it aside and it's sitting there for hours. Well, you may as well have just packed something from home, you know? And to any of these dummies working at a McDonald's or Shake Shack or Tim Hortons and, and you see a cop coming through, I mean, if you fuck with their order and that, it's going to be pretty obvious who fucking did it. Yeah. And you, you don't need the legal hassle because I, I imagine that would be pretty just serious. do it. Yeah, whatever you think of the police, you know, you're asking for trouble because, you know, that's like a assault of a, of a police officer or, yeah. or you know, like it, it, there's going to be some sort of stiff penalties for, and, and, uh, and the thing is, you know, even though we're seeing a lot of, uh, exposure on police brutality, it still is true that it's just a few bad apples. Yeah, You know, I mean, if you've got a million cops and a hundred of them are bad, or even a thousand of them, or even a hundred thousand of them are bad, a hundred thousand is still only 10%. It's still not the entire uh, profession itself that's bad. It's still a small number. I'd highly recommend people look up, there's a video, it was on Twitter and Instagram, of the New York uh, police union rep uh, giving a very impassioned speech in front of all the the boys behind them, uh, talking about how the government's abandoned them, the media's vilifying them, and people are shitting on them. And he was trying, and he was very uh, emotional and saying that we're not all bad, we're here to serve and protect and you know, and he, and he got pretty fired up. And he's like, you know, our government's abandoned us. The media is out here portraying us all as, you know, as do- evil doers and corrupt. And and yeah, but at the same time, you know, even in light of what I just said, uh, my response to that is, okay, you know that you've got those bad apples in your bunch. 
you should be dealing with them. And that's the whole the whole Serpico thing is that one bad cop, you know, people say it's it's only one bad apple, but if the others are covering for him, they're just as bad. Yeah. And, and I know what I just said would, before that would seem to contradict that, but it doesn't. <laughs> I, I still agree that every good cop out there needs to be cracking down on the bad cops. Even though I also will maintain that there are a lot of good cops out there and you shouldn't be poisoning their food. Yeah. I mean, that should be a no-brainer in there, but... It's funny we have to say that, but this is how retarded people are now. Like, yeah. we're living in, uh, you ever see the movie Idiocracy? But that's the thing. My response to that guy and, and his emotional uh, speech there is, okay, well, start cracking down on your own because you know who they are. You can't tell me you don't. You know that they're there. You know who they are. You know you've got problem cops on your force. You've dealt with them internally for years and tried to hush it up and, and keep it quiet and everything. So you can't tell me that you don't know who they are and that you couldn't have dealt with it. Yeah. I swear we're living in the movie Idiocracy. Like it, it's like you, you look at you look at what we had to know and what we had to learn back in the day, and you look at what these kids are, are studying and learning now, and it's no wonder the test scores are freaking getting worse and worse because – their, their curriculum is overloaded with a bunch of social studies and political correctness yeah. and and just this weird fucking leftist agenda in the classrooms yeah. when, when it's like, hey, how about we just worry about these kids being able to read, write, and do yeah. arithmetic and do a little science while we're at it and and not, not worry so much about fucking... Uh, you know the LGBTQII yeah, whatever exactly or or worry about the they'll figure they'll figure this shit out uh, you know we all figured it out yeah we we all went through puberty and figured it out we and and now the, we talked before about the sexualization of kids in the schools and like just leave well enough alone yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, and then this whole thing with uh, with the cops, you know, it, I know we're we're starting to get away from that, and I'm bringing yeah. it back, but I just it's again with the with the Serpico thing, cops for generations, the way they deal with bad cops is they don't want to get involved. It's like, yeah. I saw what he did, but I'm going to pretend I didn't see it because I don't want to be involved in ruining another man's career, you know, and that's the thinking that has to change because you're not ruining another man's career. He ruined it himself and he doesn't deserve to have that career. And that's the thinking that has to change. Cops have to stop wanting to not be involved. They have to stop pretending that the guy's not there, that the guy's not bad, and they have to start turning internally and dealing with these guys on their own and weeding them out before they get to that point. You, the first time you see the guy do something that he shouldn't be doing, he should be on a, on a desk at the very least and monitored for a while. Or, so, I don't know, something. But there's got to be some way that, you know, if they, if they would stop being afraid to deal with them, that they could deal with them. Yeah. 
Uh, and and that whole thin thin blue line uh, syndrome there, like, oh, and then having each other's back no matter what, even if the guy, yeah, like, you look at the Minneapolis case. What was there? Three three or four other officers standing all around while yeah. the guy was... like I mean you should have each other's back but not when the one is doing something that he shouldn't be doing you know like e- even the even the hell's angels know better than that you know some guy goes and, and and the mafia knows better than that some guy goes out of line and does something that they know he shouldn't be doing they don't back him on it they deal with him internally yeah but how hard usually, how hard... usually by stomping him to death but <laughs> we, we're not advocating that for uh, the way the police should be dealing with their own but you know deal with it before the public and and the local justice system has to and how hard is it you know like i said there's three four of these guys standing around while he's kneeling on the guy's neck how hard is it to say to your co-worker hey man uh, you know i He's he's good. He's he's face yeah, down. He's, exactly. He's we got him. We got him covered. We got him. Yeah. You know, or or you know, like, hey, Bob. You know, I, I, if you're worried about him, uh, you know, moving around, you know, take your knee off his neck. You know, just uh, you know, sit on his sit on his back or his arse. Don't or, be. Or even or even to make it look like you are backing him up so that he doesn't feel like you're centering him out. You just say to him. Okay, Bob, you, you proved your point. He's good. You can let him up now. Yeah. It's not that hard to do, you know? Yeah. And, and it would allow Bob to save face. Yeah. You know, there's a way, like, like even uh, from my days, uh, you know, boun- bouncing in the in the bars, like, there'd be, like, a hot situation where one of us is in a real tangle with someone and, and, and you know, like... Or, you know, one of our co-workers got a guy all tied up there and, you know, trying to get him out the door. And then, uh, you know, you know yourself, if you were to intercede, because, you know, because the guy's trying to come back in the club and get at the guy that threw him yeah. out, but you're not that guy, you know, like rather than have my partner go out there and beat the shit out of the guy, because that's what the guy wants is to fight my co-worker. Yeah. How about I just step in between and say, Okay, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just kind of run interference. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the, and uh, you know, throw a wet blanket on the fire, so exactly. to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get to something a little more lighthearted. All righty. I've been venting. I've been venting most of this episode. Yeah, and you got me going too. So yeah, we'll get into I, something else here. <laughs> so let's try something silly to finish off here and get ourselves back on track. Uh, our infamous "Would You Rather" segment. Yeah. Three questions, and once again, I wrote these. I I find if I wake up to go piss in the middle of the night, that's when these questions <laughs> seem to pop up in my head. Yeah. While I'm while I'm half asleep with my dick in my hand, peeing in the toilet. <laughs> uh, and for some reason, I don't know. Well, that's questions... the writing process, eh? Yeah, that's the writing process. So. <laughs> Destry uh, hasn't heard these questions, so it's going to be uh, new to him, and uh, we'll see what he thinks. Three questions. So here's number one. Would you rather only be able to wear a dress or only be able to wear a Speedo every day if those were your clothing options and there were no other clothing options available? 
Well, is this uh, a societal thing or just because that's all that's in my closet? Oh, that's a good good point. Well, let's. Uh, I didn't think about that, but for the sake of your uh, question, let's just say it's a uh, it's a societal thing. Okay. Well, if it's a societal thing, I would probably say I'd go with the dress, simply because I do enjoy wearing a kilt from time to time, and it would be a similar thing. Uh, well, I, I would go. I could, with, I could uh, go with that. I think I think I'd have to agree with you. Just, but for a different reason, I'm thinking of coverage, because the sight of me in well, a speedo—that's the other reason for me as well. I don't want people seeing me in a speedo. Yeah, with my package hanging out of my out, out of a speedo. That no one needs to see that. It's no. just wrong. So okay, we're in agreement on that one. But okay, let's let's take it from another angle. Let's just say instead of it being societal, let's just say that's the only thing available in our closet. Like we're like basically destitute living in a, you know, in a one room, whatever. We're dirt poor. And that's all we have is a choice between the dress and the Speedo. I'd probably still go with the dress and try to disguise it as a kilt until I can (laughs) find some other clothes. Uh, and again i'll have to go with you on that but for the same reason as before just got to cover it up man just got to cover okay so that's speedos aren't pretty on guys like us no not at all not at all i'm an extra large double wide version of the man i was before as the song goes (laughs) yeah okay question number two would you rather good naked anymore (laughs) have you heard that one you've seen that on youtube it's a comedy country song guy about our size he's got a great big zz top beard on him and singing i don't look good naked anymore i'm a i'm a deep fried double wide version of the man i was before (laughs) you gotta look that up i don't look good naked anymore okay uh question number two would you rather have tattoos appear all over showing what you did the previous day or have your skin change color based on your emotions at that given moment? Oh, def- so like- definitely the skin change. Some of the things I do shouldn't be showing up in tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You imagine have a tattoo of... Tattoo. <laughs> Especially when the next tattoo is a horse. Ah! <laughs> or a donkey show. <laughs> Good God, man. What would Jesus say? Yeah. What would Jesus say? All right. Uh, I would have to agree with you on that. Plus, imagine. I don't, I've been watching be- too much Netflix lately. I think I prefer WWLD. What would Lucifer do? Uh, there you go. <laughs> so just imagine, like, if you were in a pissed-off mood, you turn red, or if I can, uh, yeah, you're kind of feeling in the dumps. Uh, so Basically then you go like an old old-style cartoon. Yeah, yeah. So that would be good. You know, let people know when when to be around you and when not yeah. to fuck. Steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> so one, once again, we are in agreement. Uh, two for two. <laughs> All right. Well, this one might might draw some debate because uh, this one had me wondering. 
Question number three. Would you rather fart loudly when you're in a heated argument with someone or burp loudly while having sex? Hmm. That's an interesting one. <laughs> so just imagine, you know, you, you're... Uh, you could even be like at the at the bank or something and arguing about the about your balance or you know your 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 you got something fixed at the repair shop and you're arguing and all of a sudden actually you, you know without even having to explain it all I think I made my decision I think I would go with the farting yeah and here's the reason because I don't get heated it's oh. very rare that I get that heated so. I think I could be okay with that happening occasionally. Yeah, yeah, burping loudly while having sex—that—that uh, that would instantly put a damper on things, especially if you're doing doing your lady friend missionary, your face yeah. to face. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the end, Dave. Eh? Like, yeah. Then you're you're done. But yeah. I think farting loudly when you're arguing with someone—that could be kind of classic because it could do one of two things. One, it could repel the person you're arguing with to the point they cave in or run away because you've you farted, or you know things are getting heated and whatever, and you let a ripper go and it cracks them up. Then you have a moment of hilarity and laughter and yeah. So, and I mean, when was the last time you saw me angry? <laughs> so it doesn't happen very often for me my boss and i were just talking about that the other day actually he was like yeah, you're always in a good mood i never see you getting angry at anybody blah 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 you know <laughs> yeah, you're you're the yin to my yang there yeah. <laughs> we go a couple of minutes on the podcast and uh, eventually you're going to see me freak out about something <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've been somewhat tame today. I haven't quite, uh, but I'm definitely a little tense from the week I've had. But yeah, yeah. Speaking so, of my boss, shout out to Tim Cordon if you're going to watch this, just for the hell of it. <laughs> I'm going to make him watch it. Actually, I never gave him a card yet. I'm going to do that. <laughs> how many? How many of those cards have you got? Oh, I've still got a ton. I've hardly given out any. <laughs> Next time I run run into you, there uh, have to get a couple off you there to, oh, to yeah. pass. Them. I still got a good stack of them in the truck. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, <laughs> WWLD. <Where's> your... <laughs> <laughs> what would Lucifer do? Yeah. No, it's well, been. Uh, it's been uh, an hour and 40 minutes, so uh, we're doing good today. Yeah, yeah, there was lots to bitch about today. Yeah, we got lots for our viewers to watch. Hopefully we'll get some viewership, and hopefully you'll all remember, go over to BitChute in the, click the link in the description there and give us some views over there. Try to focus more on BitChute than on YouTube. Yeah. That sounds and good to me. I guess on that note... I guess we're calling her quits for the day. And, oh, uh, oh. We, 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 we must always make this a regular thing to end each episode with a fuck you, Susan Wajiki, <laughs> you fucking cunt. 
Alrighty. Yeah. Demonetize this bitch. <laughs> or Okay. And on that note, we'll see y'all next week. Hey everybody, if you like that video, don't forget to give it a like. Consider subscribing and share it around on your social media platforms. Everything you can do helps us out, and we hope to see you again in the next video.